Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. How you doing, bud? What's up, man? Uh, nothing. I'm just trying to stay inside and stay cool. It's that time of year. Yeah, you said it was like 105. We're always talking about the weather around here, like two old yeah, dudes. Weather and haircuts. Hey, your hair still looks good, by the way. <laughs> yeah, starting to fill in a little bit. You know? Yeah, can't. Yeah, your scalp is fading. Good. Well, hey, let's start off with a question. I'm going to ask you a question, and then we're going to to get to the point of this question later on uh, throughout, you know, towards the end of this podcast. But let me ask you a question, Paul, and, and anybody listening, let me ask you the same thing. Would you rather save $112,000 or earn $411,000? I'd rather have the four eleven. dollars Okay. Obviously, right? It's pretty obvious. And I think most people listening would say, well, yeah, of course, all else being equal, I want, I would rather have four hundred eleven dollars as opposed to save one hundred twelve. dollars Right. Then why do so many people do exactly the opposite of that. So what we're talking about here is one of our, this, this topic is near and dear to our hearts because it really fires us up. And because the public has been misled by so many people for so long, and it's just, uh, it's flat out wrong how they're being misled. So what we're talking about here is, should I get a 30 year mortgage or a 15 year mortgage? So, Paul, why do some people promote the idea of a 15-year mortgage? So, really, it's about the, the overall interest savings over the period of the loan, whether it's 15 or 30 years. You are going to pay less overall interest to the bank if you do a 15-year note. And that is very alluring to people who, you know, these are the folks, and I used to be one of these guys, I had a... 15 year note on my first house after right. I had refinanced a couple of times, right? And we've talked about that before. But at the time, I couldn't think of anything more productive to do than to pay off my, I think it was 2.75% or 3.7, whatever it was, yeah. uh, uh, mortgage, right? I couldn't think of anything else to do with the money. So I was like, oh, I might as well pay down the note so I could save on interest. Right? There's old Paul. That's old Paul. That's voice. old Paul. Yeah, that's like Captain Paul. I, I like what you just said. Without even realizing it, I think you said I couldn't find anything more productive to do with my money. Dude, that's a, that's that's spot on, and that's what we want to get to. Is hey, you have the choice to do different things with your money. You have the choice between a fifteen and a thirty. But let's take a deep dive into this conversation and determine what is the most productive use of those dollars. You could use the exact same dollars to do two different things. Now let's let's dissect this and find out what's the most productive use. And like, if you care about the productivity of your dollars, then you'll want to pay attention to this. And for many people, maybe you have a 15 year mortgage. And like Paul said, he had one at one point before he learned a better way. Um, I never did, but not because I was necessarily opposed to the idea. I just didn't want the bigger payment. Um, so I, I guess I was just lucky in the sense that I decided against it. Uh, back 
years ago. So, um, so like you said, Paul, you're going to pay more interest. That is a fact. You will pay more interest to the bank over the life of a 30-year mortgage than a 15-year mortgage. Boom. If that's all you look at, that's the only variable you look at and only angle you come from, which is what a lot of these financial entertainers do, is they give you one variable. They don't talk about the rest of the story because that'll just muddle things up and prove them wrong. They're going to give you one variable and say, this is the way to do it. There's no other way because of this. Look, it's, it's, it's math. It's simple. It's obvious. You're stupid if you don't do it. Right? So we put together a, a, a little example here. And Paul, what, you can talk through the numbers here. Of We're going to diagram this for you. And then you can follow along through a video link, a YouTube link that we'll put in the comments that'll walk through this as well. Um, but let's, let's talk through these numbers right here. You got that page up with the 300,000... At the different I do, percentage. I do. I just okay. pulled it up actually. Okay. So I'm looking on your on your video on this screen. So okay, so you have a guy or gal. Um, Let's give so him a name. Let's give him a name. Mortgage guy. His last mortgage, name is Guy. Mortgage guy, right? Mortgage guy has this has these two options. He's got these two scenarios going on, right? He's got so you have a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage, right? Uh, the the thirty year is three and a half percent in this example. So this was from you know a year and a half ago or whenever you made it. Um, monthly payments thirteen forty seven. Total payment over that thirty year note would be four hundred eighty four thousand nine hundred sixty six dollars. Then his other option would be, hey mortgage guy, you could do a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage at three percent for fifteen years. The monthly payments two thousand seventy one. So over a seven hundred dollar difference between the two for as far as monthly cash flow out leaving my, my personal economy. Uh, total payment over the life of the loan, 15 years, 372,913, right? So less less overall money going to the to the bank, right? To uh, the mortgage company. Yeah, uh, uh, $112,000 to be more precise, less right. that he's paying to the bank. So, right. Yeah. So that seems on the surface, no brainer. Let's do the 15 year note. I can afford the extra the extra money every month. I might as well do that, right? Yeah, and guess what? By doing 15 year, you get a slightly lower uh, interest rate, typically, right? Maybe a yeah, half a percent do. lower. So you get 3% instead of 3.5% in this example. So yeah, there you go. So yes, if you stop there, absolutely, 15 year mortgage makes sense if you can afford that payment. But let's let's not stop there. Let's continue. So continue. What? Here's, here's a common... Um, rally chant from the financial entertainers, the very popular ones out there who are promoting 15-year mortgages for absolutely everybody, like one size fits all. There's no reason anybody should ever get a 30 if you can get a 15. Um, this person also says you can get a 12% annual return in the stock market. So it doesn't take much, like all you had to do is make it through maybe like eighth grade math to do this yourself. And you can get out a little financial calculator, but I did all the math for you in this video. So just go to the very end. I show you all the calculations and everything. It's legit. Um, well, let's say uh, instead of got mortgage guy, instead of getting the 30-year, I'm sorry, the 15-year mortgage, he gets the 30-year mortgage. And with that $724 difference that he's saving, because it's, it's that much less right than the 15-year payment, would have been every month. He instead takes that $724 and puts it into the stock market where financial entertainer says he's going to get a 12% annualized return. 
So what, what, Paul, what is that number after 15 years? How much what did mortgage guy make in the stock market? Sure. So just to reiterate, 15 years, every month I'm taking $724, investing it in mutual funds. Yeah. And I'm getting 12% without, without interruption. I'm going to have $344,574. Okay. And then what? So he, he did the 30-year mortgage, right? Took the difference in the payment from the 30 to 15 and put it in the mutual funds, got 344,000 after 15 years. What's the remaining balance on his 30-year mortgage after 15 years? It's 188,000 bucks. So you're telling me he's got 188,000 remaining on the 30-year mortgage, but he was able to earn 344,000 in the market. Yes. Hmm. Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? So what yeah, if he- you said that in the video too. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Uh, so, so if he wanted to pay off his house after 15 years and own a free and clear, he could simply cash out $188,000 worth of stock and pay off that mortgage, right? And how much would he have remaining in the stock market at that point? Whatever the difference is. Yeah, you gotta keep going. But the difference is $156,000. There it is. So he would, at the end of 15 years, using the exact same dollars, he just prioritized where those dollars are going, found a more uh, productive place for them. At the end of 15 years, he not only has his house paid off, he has an additional $156,000. So That sounds way better. That So if you can do that, and this entertainer's that emphatic about, yeah, you can get 12% return. Why would he not tell you to do that? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like right. he should tell you to do that and then look how much better off you might be. But let's say Paul, six, 12% sounds kind of stupid. Like let's just be reasonable here. Let's say, let's cut that in half. Sure. 6%, let's say you only get a 6% return in the market on that money over the 15 years. What are you gonna have after 15 years? About 20 grand left over if you did the same thing. You'll have, correct? yeah, you'll still be able to pay off your house, yep. pay off the remaining mortgage and still have $20,000 remaining. So, I mean, if you're pretty confident you can get 12% in the market, you ought to be 100% sure you can get 6%, right? So there you go. Why, why would you not do that after seeing the numbers? I don't know. There's really no good reason other than no exploration on our own. We just take everything at face value and, oh, he's got to be right. You know, he's on television and he's rich and, you know, he's, he sells a lot of books and a lot of, uh, a lot of courses. Right. Yeah. But, but the, the numbers, the numbers simply don't lie. Right. They don't. And it's compelling. I think, and I was surprised. I had actually never sat down and crunched the numbers myself until I put this video together. And then it just fired me, fired me up so much that I just put it all presentation together and recorded a video and put it on YouTube, like within the same day. Um, because it, it blew my mind how much, how much more productive your dollars can be going somewhere else. Yep. So. Yeah. But if you did, if you did the latter, you know, if you did his method, right, you're just, you're making the wheels of the banking business, specifically the mortgage business go round and round even faster. Right. Who, who convinced us to give our money to the bank faster than they require it? I like, don't, who convinced I don't know. us that was a good idea to give up more of our liquidity, more of our capital quicker 
than we have to to a bank that that cares nothing about us that would that would kick us out of our house if we missed you know the final payment on a 15-year mortgage right i would argue yeah you're making it easier to to foreclose on right because I'm, I'm i'm probably sacrificing liquidity maybe to do this right to get out of debt get out of debt pay it off faster i'm making it i'm i'm the bank's exposure every payment i make is smaller and smaller and smaller right right so by year 13 man <laughs> if i can't if something goes bad i lose my job because of a pandemic maybe and the government shuts down the economy or so I, maybe i get injured or something and i can't work they don't care how much equity you have right until that note is paid off you do not own that house you don't own that house and man it's sad when that when when the pandemic hit in 2020 people lost their jobs uh, you know luckily some people had forbearance that was put in place and but you know i don't know how many people took advantage of that or or how that actually worked once that forbearance was was canceled and they had to catch up on their payments or whatever but yeah, you've you've signed yourself up for 15 years of spending $724 more than you needed to that could have been used for for life. Like you're going to have emergencies in life, right? Um, think over the last 10 years, has something completely unexpected happened in your life in the last 10 years that you didn't plan on that you never you know were able to foresee? Um, I can I can think of multiple events that rocked my world in the last ten years, that you know, I I can't even imagine why anybody would plan on these things, but right, but they happen. The fu the future's unknown, and it's almost like the future's unknown. It's almost like the future's unknown. Yeah, almost. So, and that's a great point. You could be fourteen years into a fifteen year mortgage. Pandemic happens. You can't make your payment. Boom the bank can foreclose on you. They can take your house. How happy are you going to be that you're stuck with a payment that's you know, 30, 40% higher than it needs to be every month when you actually need access to that cash to, to fund a life emergency to just to handle life in general. Right? Yeah. That's um, there's no security in paying your house off early in my book. Right. I think some people call it prepaying your mortgage where, we are not advocates for that. Not advocates of prepaying your mortgage. Absolutely. Because there's something more productive you could be doing with your money. No question. Now, if you could only earn 10% on your money and mortgage rates were, were 15%, then yeah, that's probably the most productive thing you can do with your money is get rid of that 15% uh, right. interest that you're paying because anything else, you would only be able to earn 10%. That wouldn't make any sense. But that's, that's not how our economy works. It's really not. No. That, that's a great point. There's a couple other things to consider here, too. Think about inflation. Like, everybody knows the effects of inflation. The effects of inflation are rising prices and everything. And the fact that you have to spend a lot more of the same, like, you know, to get the same thing, you got to spend a lot more dollars for it right now. That's right. The, the uh, mysterious basket of goods that uh, drives the CPI calculation, right? They keep changing what that is. Yeah. Well, it certainly doesn't include food and gas. It's right. It's, which, it's completely ludicrous. I wouldn't it, believe any this 8.9% or 9%. I don't believe any of that. It's this. outrageous. You go to the, you can do the math yourself. I, you know, anything from when I go to Aldi, you got to get a, uh, a paper bag. You got to buy those. They've jumped, <laughs> they've jumped 30%. Like it's only right. three cents. They went from 10 cents to 13 cents. That's a 30% jump. 
And right. it's in everything, everything, almost everything except bacon. bananas. Bacon's eight bucks for 12 ounces. And it's 12 ounces now. It's no longer a pound of bacon. It's 12 ounces of bacon. So there's been shrinkflation on bacon the last, I don't know, maybe five or 10 years. I, I don't you know think, I you think we'll it, see but... shrinkflation in everybody's waistline too because of that? Well, they, some things shrink with age, but not your ears <laughs> and generally not your waistline. Yeah. Ears, nose, and waistline. But let's get back to the point I was trying to make. <laughs> Wait, a dollar, think of uh, how much could you buy for $10 30 years ago. You take $10 to McDonald's 30 years ago. I can tell you, I worked at McDonald's 30 years ago, almost. It's like 29, 28 years ago, I worked at McDonald's, my first job. A, a value meal cost $3.19. That was right. including tax. It was three nineteen. I know that by heart. 30 years later, how much is a, a Big Mac meal? It's like eight or nine bucks. At least it's, it's not tripled. Cheap. It's probably it's tripled. A $40 family of four, 40 bucks. Easy, easy, but it's tripled. Now take that same dollar today that you're putting towards your mortgage and think if you could capture the purchasing power of that dollar today for the next 30 years, how valuable is that? Immensely. Like you're basically what you're doing by locking in a 30 year mortgage is saying the dollar I'm paying or the, the, the value of the dollar right now is going to buy just as much of this house 30 years from now as it's buying today. You, where else can you do that? Where else can you capture the value of a dollar for 30 years? I know a place. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. We'll get to that, of course. <laughs> um, but imagine that. So yeah. that's another thing that, to think about is that 20, 20, 25 years from now, when you're paying that $2,000 mortgage payment, that's really going to feel probably more like a thousand bucks. That's right. Right. Because of inflation, it's not going to feel like that much money. So you now having that hanging over your head, big deal. Now there's, there's something to be said for people who are, they want to have their house paid off by the time they retire. One less thing to worry about, you know, yep. nope. and, and, and no doubt it's, there's value. Yeah. There's value there, right? There, if you're, not paying that $2,000 a month mortgage anymore. You're in theory, you know, you're $2,000 a month wealthier. But what if Paul, would you say there's the same value in having your home paid off as there is in having the ability to pay off your home? No, I, that's an excellent point. So I'm in the camp of maintaining the ability and my clients and I, you know, and we always talk about this. <clears throat> I like to maintain the ability to pay things off. Right. So I've got a couple of, you know, I've got two mortgages. I've, I have a new car payment that I didn't have before. Um, I could pay some of those things off, but I'm, I don't want to. I want to maintain the flexibility to main, and maintain the ability to pay the things off, but I want to maintain my liquidity for those unforeseen things that occur in the f unknown future. And productivity of those dollars. Is that the best use for those dollars? Yeah, you might owe, right. you might owe debt to somebody, but guess what? Wealthy people have debt. It's, it's not necessarily consumer debt like, you know, the rest right. of us schmucks might have. Right. But they have they leverage it. They say, well, hey, I'll pay three and a half percent for 30 years gladly so I can take the difference at seven hundred and twenty four dollars a month and go earn six, 10, 15, 20 percent on it over the same right. amount of time. Yeah. So it's one of those things, opportunity costs. Right, Dave, that that Nelson always talked about. You have to tie some sort of cost to that capital, right? The dollars yeah. you no longer have use of, what 
what is that costing you by stuffing it into that 3%, 3.5% mortgage, right? You don't know, but I, I would tie 10% to that. Yeah. I could have earned 10% every year on that, and now I can't. Yeah. I mean, there's places you can earn 10% without breaking a sweat. Yep. Um, and you know, I, I'm happy to share with you what I do with my own money if, if anybody's interested. But what I, so when I asked you, I said, is there a difference between having the house paid off and having the ability to pay the house off? For me, it's a mind shift change. Like, cause people say, I want peace of mind. I don't want that debt hanging over my head, something I have to do. So I, I would ask you, okay, whether you have the house paid off or you have the ability to pay the house off today, if you choose to, it's kind of, it's the same thing, is it not? I think it's the same thing. Um, yeah. Knowing that I could pay these, these debts off, I have a great warm and fuzzy, but I know in my personal example, there's either better opportunity that I can use that money with, yeah. or in my case, you know, I've got some, as you know, I'm going to retire from the army in the next couple of years and I want to build my dream home. Yeah. And I want to have the ability to build it the way I want when I want to build it. So right. that's, that's my personal scenario. So, but yeah, if I need to pay off the Hellcat, I'll do it. Yeah. But, but I'm not going to. All right, good. Well, so let's, let's talk about what you and I would do with, with the difference, you know, Mr. Buy term invest the difference. I don't know why he doesn't say get a 30 year mortgage and invest the difference because that's much that that's extremely beneficial. It's the same concept too. It's the same concept. Only okay. this one makes sense. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so let's get back to the original question I asked you. I asked you at the beginning of this and everybody listening, would you rather make $411,000 or save 112,000? So we already determined that 112 that you would save is by, you know, the, the interest you wouldn't pay the bank if you got a 15 year mortgage, you're saving 112. But talk to us about where does that 411,000 come from? So what I did in this scenario, and I just did this right now, is I took the, is it $724? Yep. Okay, so per that's $8,688 a year. Am I, okay. Is my math correct? Okay. Sure. So what I did with that is I built um, a scenario around a 40-year-old man, standard health rating, like most people are, and I built a specially designed dividend paying whole life insurance contract that you would that you could use when you're in implementing the infinite banking concept as taught uh, by Nelson Nash. So um, at year 18, do you want me to get into this? At year 18, yeah, that policy will likely have $200,000 of cash value, which is 12,000 more well, but that, that 188 number was at year 15. At year 15, excuse me. So Yeah, so, right. So a few years later, just by putting the same difference into a dividend paying a life insurance contract, right, we've got the ability to pay off the house. So instead of paying it off in year 15, we're able to pay it off in between year 17 and 18. Yeah, it's probably like year 17. So yeah, think about that. So you could put your money into something that's guaranteed and create, build another asset for yourself. So at the end of 17 years, you have the ability to pay your house off. Now, what I would propose to everybody is that if you did this method at the end of 17 years, you wouldn't want to pay your house off because you would have something more productive to do with that cash value 
then use that to just pay off a three a three and a half percent mortgage. Yeah. So and we can't illustrate that on a piece of paper, but you know, what has this person implementing this scenario, what is he doing with all that capital that he's accumulating in his own dividend paying a life insurance contract? I, I don't know what he's doing with it. Yeah. Well, let's, we can only assume if we want to compare apples to apples, he's just putting it away and not touching it, not thinking sure. about it like he would sure. with a 15 year mortgage, putting it there and having no access to it. Sure. However, the difference is if an emergency happens, if hard times hit, if he loses his job, pandemic hits and everything gets, you know, government issued shutdown of commerce, this guy is going to have tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands in his cash value that he has immediate access to if he needs it to get through anything. That's right. That he wouldn't have. You think he's going to be able to go back to the bank and say, I've been paying you for 13 years. I got two years left on my mortgage. You have $280,000 of my equity inside that home. I need some of it. They're going to say, get in line, pal. Oh, and by the way, you just told us you need it. Therefore, we are not going to give it to you because we only give, <laughs> right. we only give we only... money to people that don't need it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's exactly right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, it's great. Control, liquidity, use of the money, equity. You know, this is all wrapped up into this into this product. So Yeah. So I think it's important that we, we laid out the facts and we laid out what your alternatives are. And we do that not to judge somebody like, hey, if after seeing all of this, you still want to go get a 15 year mortgage um, and maybe that fits into your overall financial strategy, go for it. But there's an opportunity cost. You can't say yes to that. But by saying yes to that, you're saying no to something else. So I think it's important that we reveal what you're saying no to and, and what could be. So you, you got to know, look at things from every angle. Don't take one person's word on it and just one perspective on it. Explore it. You know what I've found to be true, Dave, now that you know I've been doing IBC for several years and I know you found it to be true is... And we've talked about this in past episodes. You're, you just when you're sitting on liquidity, you know, and large amounts of liquidity, you start to see opportunities, and then opportunities are attracted to you. And then you know, people always ask, "Well, how did you get started doing whatever you're doing?" And it's like, well, you know, it started with Dave, and then it led to this guy, and then this business, and then this business, and then you know, I've right, and it spreads like brush fire. Yeah, because that, and that's that attraction. You know, capital attract. You know, is attracted to opportunity, and opportunity is attracted to capital, right? Yeah. And, you're, and then you, you start looking. You're looking at the the landscape of the world, the financial world, totally differently than you would be if you were just dumping all your money into the bank at a 15 year note that you don't need to be paying back faster than the bank wants. So Absolutely. anyway, bottom line, 30 year note every time. Every time. Um... I mean, we don't want to say one size fits all, but uh, the numbers work the same for everybody. Math Why not do math. the 30-year? And if you want to pay it off faster, just make extra principal payments. That's easy to do. And some people do that. It's very, so, yeah, very simple. You can still yeah. make the same back. And maybe it's even, I haven't run the numbers, but maybe that's even more advantageous because then you're knocking down more principal instead of front-loading the interest on the loan. Right. You know? I mean, it, it may, gosh. It maybe that be. maybe that's better than a 15-year mortgage. Get the those, 30. Those amortized loans, you know, they're such a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They get you. And then they get you to refinance after three to five years and start the whole thing all over again. Oh my goodness. Um, 
but you know, for cash flowing properties, maybe that, maybe it works because you just care about the cash flow. But um, yeah, so folks, look look at every angle, explore every angle, and if you're upset because you just got a 15 year mortgage, uh, you know, in the last year or something, I, I remember showing my video to to somebody, a friend of mine, and he's like, "Man, I wish I would have seen this a month ago. I just got a 15 year mortgage." <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I talked to a lieutenant colonel. Um, that I had just met in passing that had done the same thing and yeah. has owned the house for a while and showed her the video. And she's like, yeah, it's a great video. It makes sense, but I'm still proud of my decision. And I was like, well, great. Yeah. Good for you. Sure. But uh, yeah, to, to each his own or her own. So All right. Tammy go. just said dinner's ready. Yeah. Uh, Hannah just got here with dinner. So I'm Perfect. hungry. I'm out of here, man. Uh, All right, brother. All right. We'll see you next week. See you, bud. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.